This is the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast. On this episode, Mike Riley and Mike Ferrante of Century 21 go back and forth on strategies to sell your home. Other topics covered in this podcast include do's and don'ts of hiring a realtor, how to avoid making an emotional decision when selling or buying a home, why homes sell quickly versus why some sell slowly, how many showings end before they begin. Take a listen. Hey, uh, good evening, everybody. It's a Friday late afternoon here, and um, we got Mike Ferrante, our Century 21 realtor guru, here with us, and he's squeezing in, what, 10, 15 minutes, Mike, before you got to get dressed to go out? Oh, yeah. I got to get my shirt and bow tie and fedora hat on because we're going on a train ride, one of those uh, scenic train rides where it's a 40s and 50s theme. It's going to be awesome. Okay. Is that down in Peninsula? Uh, it goes down from there. It starts in Independence and goes south. Highly recommend it if you've never done it. They okay. do a complete dinner wow. on the train. It's amazing. Okay, well, make sure you uh, send send us some pictures on Facebook for that. <laughs> sure will. Okay. Hey, real quick, uh, don't forget tomorrow you have a real big day planned because you got to meet uh, Stanley from the office, right? That's right. Pretzel yeah, anyone who didn't hear about that, well, yeah, free, free pretzel day. That's right. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know what you were talking about. But, okay, listen, time is of the essence because besides uh, Mike Ferrante of Century 21 being a wizard realtor, he's also, you know, he's a man about town. So let's get cracking here. Um, <laughs> I want to do this podcast about how to sell your home. And we're just going to make this the real quickie five-minute you know, five, 10 minute podcast uh, on how to sell your home. Because ironically, uh, Mike's got two of our properties listed and uh, we just sold uh, under contract with one. So um, we've got one going up as we speak right now and then another one next week. And we're just under contract for the third a couple of days ago, right? Right. Okay. Now, Let's, let's just get down to some ABCs about selling your house. And um, Mike and I have, uh, we've been working together the last 10 years, and I uh, got into this because my, my customers were trying to sell their house. So I was working with different realtors. Some were really good. Some were not that good. And then I started realizing what, what makes a good realtor, what makes a not-so-good realtor. Um, and so I'm going to just speak from the... Uh, from the client's perspective, and Mike, you can speak from, you're the realtor, the realtor perspective. Um, So first off, um, selling your house should not be an emotional thing, correct, Mike? Well, unfortunately for the buyers and sellers, it is. You know, we as realtors should be the objective voice of reason. You know, when you're selling your house or buying a house, this is usually one of the biggest financial transactions of your life. So while most people say, oh, I'm not like that, I'm not emotional, the reality is that that emotion does enter in, especially if it's a house that you raised a family in or maybe you got engaged in that house. So while it's easy for you and me, you know, the logical businessman to say it shouldn't be emotional, the reality is that for the clients it is. And that's why you need advisors who won't let that emotion taint the advice that they give you. I think one of the biggest mistakes that um, people make when they hire realtors, they're hiring somebody who will tell them what they want to hear. 
Oh yeah, um, you hit the nail on the head, Mike. And they and they worry so much about do I like this person? You know what? I I want people to like me, but you don't you don't go to the doctor for surgery and say, oh, let me see if I like this surgeon. You want to know has this guy done this surgery before? Has this woman studied the latest ways of doing the surgery? Right? And are they the most competent surgeon? I don't care if they if you if they're the biggest jerk in the world. Well, you got to have some bedside manner. But I think one of the things is, you know, a guy could have a great bedside manner and he could have screwed up the operation. Now you're in bed, the bed for two weeks in the hospital as somebody's patching up what he screwed up. But that's right. I think uh, I keep telling everybody, um, you know, my customers, I say, listen, don't hire a friend. Don't hire your brother-in-law, your sister-in-law, you know, uh, whatever. This has got to be. A business decision and obviously chemistry is important there's no question about it but the chemistry the chemistry has to be that they're listening to you and in some cases they're pushing back if it doesn't you know the realtor is going to push back on you and that's means that uh, this is a good healthy business relationship that's right. And like it's the same you say the same thing when we go to people's houses and you're talking about painting and remodeling a kitchen and they say, "Well, my cousin's my cousin Tony does a little work on the side." And you know what you get when you hire cousin Tony? You get a half-assed job that takes three times as long as it should. It's the same with us. Yeah, and usually with with you guys. Yeah, and cousin Tony, you know, usually is not invited to the next Thanksgiving dinner cuz he screwed it up <laughs> right. because the kitchen's still not finished. Mm -hmm. Um Yep. So number one is you want to hire a realtor with a good batting average, and that batting average should be how many houses have they sold and what is the average time on the market to sell, correct? Absolutely. People should be asking that question, and the agent should be able to provide it in the blink of an eye. Yeah, what's their batting average? Are they under 200? Are they over 400? Um, that's usually the best indicator. The second um, thing to keep in mind is um, I know in Cleveland, Howard Hanna is very big, and there's a lot of very good realtors who work with Howard Hanna. Um, but on the other hand, that's a local, that's a local real estate company. That's not a national real estate company like Prudential, Coldwall Banker, uh, Century 21. Do you want to elaborate on that? Absolutely. So... Uh, we always say that they're regional. They're based out of Pittsburgh, and they cover you know four four or five states they're they're in. So, for example, when you get an, a person from California or Florida, a, a lot of times they've never heard of that company. Uh, they also don't usually have the resources. A, a smaller local or regional company doesn't have the resources that the national and international companies have. So when, when you're you say, great, I'm on the MLS, I'm on Zillow, I'm on Realtor.com. Those are the primary websites. But when you're looking to sell your home, you want to be on as many websites as possible. What about the handful of people that shop something like Hotpads or um, Cleveland.com you know, or, or the local newspaper websites? You want to be on every single website possible uh, because that's where buyers find their homes. So when you have a buyer from, like I just dealt with a guy from the UAE. You know, he was he was Arab. And his he preferred to read in Arabic and look at his currency. You know, the home prices in his in his currency. So you go to a website like Century Twenty One. Guess what? No matter where you're from in the world, 
our website translates to their language, to their currency. It, it, selling a house is now an international exercise. Right. It is not – it's no longer – a local, you know, mom and pop. Hey, Mike, I'm getting ready to sell my house. Can you can you tell me what's out there? That's not how it works anymore. It's yeah. an international exercise, and the market is the world now. Exactly, and that's why cousin Tony should not be the realtor um, because you gotta ask yourself, what is cousin Tony doing? This, you know, little hobby, side job, whatever. I want to help him out, so I'm gonna give him the listing. I think people really don't understand the amount of of sophistication there is to sell the house. Now, that leads me to my third point, which is the difference between selling your house and showing your house. Now, this is a very important uh, part of this um, podcast. A lot of realtors are just showing your house. They're sticking a sign in the ground. It's going on the MLS. That's all well and good. That's now free advertising for them. Their name's there. You know, the more listings they have, the more free advertising they have. But at the end of the day, you want your realtor to be selling the house, not showing the house. So for you people that are in the game for the first time sell, you know, selling your house, um, I would be very wary of, of just looking at this exercise as something where, hey, I'm going to throw it on the market and somebody's going to buy it. Um, it doesn't work that way. I, I agree a hundred percent. So there's a little funny kind of cute saying that they have. And, you know, there's the three P's of selling a house and there's the old three P's, which is what a lot of agents still do. And that is they place a sign in the yard. They put it in the MLS, the multiple listing service, and then they pray for the phone to ring. That's, yeah. that's their marketing plan. But in today's world where we know that buyers shop on the Internet and you got to have as many roads leading to that house as possible, you know, is it on YouTube? Is it on every single website it can be on? Is it on social media? There, there's a whole new set of criteria for how you're going to market your house and do it effectively. We shouldn't be sitting on our hands waiting for the phone to ring. Every week we should be doing something to draw more people to be looking at the house. Okay, now that, that gets down to um, the last point I want to make, because we're going to make this a part one and part two, Mike, because you know, we know you got to get going here. Um, but the last point is, let's talk about why homes sell quickly and why homes just sit there. I've had a lot of bad experiences with my customers I come into it, they call me up, they say, Mike, you know, this house has been on the market for a year. I go over there, I talk to them, and they, I said, well, you know, what's going on? They said, well, the realtor says the market is slow. Yeah. People, the market is not slow. Instead, <laughs> uh, you guys who are sitting on this house are slow to react to the market. That's that's the key. Um, so... Here's here's how here's what you need to do. First of all, you have to have it priced right. Um, I don't care what you put into it. Oh, I put this in. I want to get it back. You know, now now you're now you're being stupid. The market for a four bedroom, two and a half bath, fixed up, cleaned up, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, is going to be X in your neighborhood. Period. Full stop. The market doesn't care what you put into it. Okay. That's right. So that's number one. It's got to be priced right. Second, it's got to look right. 
I mean, yep. it's got to look good from the street. You drive up, you got garbage in the yard, the lawn's not cut, it's not edged, uh, the, the bushes are overgrown, um, the windows are dirty, etc., uh, etc. Et People are going to pull up, and guess what? They aren't even going to get out of the car. They're going to keep moving. Um, That's right. Then when they come up to the door, now here's here's the the roadmap, and you you uh, tell me, Mike, if I'm missing something. The roadmap is they go up to the front door, they go in the front door. That vestibule better not have a lot of peeling paint on the ceiling, okay? And everything's got to look clean, not a lot of declutter. They don't have to step over trash. You can't smell of cat, you know, pee. Um, so they're walking into the living room. Everything's looking clean. The windows are clean. The floors are clean. Uh, there's not a lot of clutter. Then they're going to go into the dining room. Then they're going to go in the kitchen, right? Then they're going to go upstairs, and they're going to go to the bathroom. Then they're going to go to the master bedroom. Now, by the time they look at that bathroom and master bedroom, they either want the house or they don't. Is that correct? Uh, sometimes it's even sooner, Mike. And, you know, one of the things you said about the like walking in the front door, I, I can't tell you how many showings end before they even begin. And what I mean by that is we've, we've had buyers in our car. We pull in. We get as far as the driveway and they say, oh, this place looks terrible. We don't even want to see it. So truly the showing starts. You know how they say that, you know, you've heard the term curb appeal, of course. Right. The showing starts when you pull up to the house. So. By the time you walk in the door and see that first floor, most buyers have already made their decision whether or not they'd even consider this. It's, it's kind of like dating. You know, they say that when, when a man and a woman meet, they decide in the first seven seconds if, if this is going anywhere. Right. It's the same thing with showing a house. Right, right. Well, you know, um, so so the, the key now is, you know, is the right price and fixing up the house the right way. Yep without spending a fortune. And that is where the realtor and the contractor have to be on the same page. And this is where I see most um, people uh, drop the ball. They hire a realtor and then they the realtor kind of tells them casually, well, you know, you really need to kind of clean this up, you need to do this, you need to do, I mean, it's like put it on the back of an envelope, the, the master plan to sell your house. And then and, they and they may even agree to put the sign up, but before that stuff is oh done, oh, you is, know what? I got into a, a heated argument with a realtor, um, and this person um, had, I mean, the, the the shutters were literally half off the house in the front. Um, the 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 front entryway looked terrible, and the house had and she had put the sign out in front. And these these poor people who were desperate to sell the house, um, they weren't getting any offers. And we came in there, and I got into a heated argument with her. I just told her, I said, "Look, at this has got to get cleaned up now, now." And we cleaned it up in the front, and within a week, uh, they got an offer. They sold. I mean, because it was priced right. That's the irony. It, this house was priced right. For the area, and it was a nice house, but it looked terrible from the from the curb. So, yep. the contractor, me, the realtor, you, Mike Ferrante, and the client all have to be on the same page. Now, if yep. your realtor 
that you're talking to does not have an itemized master plan of what needs to be done to the house, then you have a bad realtor, okay? They've got to come up with a plan to fix up the house and make it presentable without, you know, dropping 50000 on a kitchen, um, nice and clean and priced right, and off you go. And you should be, um, you should have some offers coming in the next week to 10 days right away because the market is going to tell you. And I, I know you got to go, Mike, but let me just, let's just end on this note, which is how do you know that your plan is working, okay? You've met with me, you've met with Mike Ferrante, um, we sat down with you, made a master plan, this is the price, you're a little disappointed because you thought you'd get 200 for the house and we're telling you, no, it's only 180, you need to spend about 10,000 doing X, Y, and Z. Okay, now it's on the market, right? Okay. Yep. You so I think this, uh, this whole conversation started when I told you my, my doctor analogy and you know what's ironic, Mike, is that years ago you were telling me you, you threw out the term malpractice as it related to real estate <laughs> prof professionals. Do you, do you remember the first yeah. time you said that to, yeah. to me? You know, you, you you said it's it's there should be mal malpractice for real estate professionals that don't do a good job because it, it is damaging to the the clients that they're serving. And it's funny because I love a, a certain analogy that I use as it relates to, to doctors treating patients. So your question was, how do you know what when it's working and what's happening? It's the same thing as a doctor treating a patient. If the patient is getting better, you know, you keep you keep doing your treatment. But if they're not, you're not waiting a month and saying, well, it's been a month. Uh, I've been giving him this medicine and he's almost dead. Now let's change the treatment. That's that's the wrong way to do it. And unfortunately, that's the way a lot of people approach selling a house. Right. Like you said, they create the plan. They put it in motion, and then in 30 days, they talk to the client again and say, hey, it's been 30 days, it's not working, let's lower the price. Completely the wrong way to do it. The, what I feel is the right way to do it is that you're taking the temperature every single week. You're looking at online activity. You're looking at um, the number of showings, the feedback from the showings, and, and weekly, you're making recommendations for what should be done you know, should I change the medicine, you know, to go back to the doctor analogy. And in that first week, two weeks, you get an idea from the feedback that you're getting on the showings of what's going on. So if I get three showings in the first two weeks and all of them are just objections, eh, we didn't like the kitchen, we didn't like the yard, you know, that's not good. Three showings right. in two weeks, you, you, you got a problem. It should be three showings in the first day maybe and then right. 10 the first week and people should if you're not getting offers you should at least be hearing hey we're thinking about coming back for a second showing we really like it and by that second week there better be some offers on the table or you probably made a mistake and need to adjust your plan right you don't want to be you don't want to be lowering the price lowering the price lowering the price lowering the price you know, month yeah. after month after month. That is the kiss of death for a house. You might as well just take it off the market and reset it. Yeah. But we don't yeah. want to get to that point. That's the That's key. Right. It's not like we're under, we're, you know, we don't want to test out a $180,000 house at 200000 Okay. That's the last thing you want to do. Because yep. what? You're going to wait two months 
uh, and keep lowering the price, you're sending a message to the market that now you're desperate. There's something wrong with the house to keep lowering the price because nobody wants to buy it. You want to be using a market professional, you know, like Mike Ferrante, who's going to say it's 180. It's 180, yeah. period. You know what? Yeah. And, and, and Mike, buyers are smart now. You know, not that they weren't before, but not only are they smart, but they have data available. So any buyer can go on a website like Zillow and they can see the history of the house. So there, there's there's no hiding it anymore. You know, they can go on and see, oh, this house, they've been trying to sell this house for two months. And look, they've lowered the price three times. The better way to do it is to have a really solid plan up front. And if you need to make an adjustment, usually one adjustment is all you need because your initial plan was really close, but maybe you tweak it in that first week or two, and then you make that adjustment, and then 30 days or less, your house should be under contract. Right, right now, the national average is under 30 days under contract. So unless there's some little nuance of the neighborhood, if you're on the market longer than that with no contract, you probably started out heading in the wrong direction right and if so if you're you sitting there on that market for say two weeks three weeks and you haven't gotten an offer and you're getting no showings uh the, you know what nervous. The, nervous and guess what the bus is not coming okay let's wrap up part one mike i know you got to get going and uh stay tuned for part two which will be coming up next week awesome always a pleasure thanks okay for having me, mike. all right see you mike Thanks for listening to the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. And if you haven't already, go to our website, riley-properties.com. There you'll find all our previous episodes.